you're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. The 2019 season is in the books. The LSU Tigers are your 2019 national champions, unfortunately, regrettably. Ohio State finishes number three in both the AP and coaches poll for the second year in a row. If you're a college football fan and you've been living under a rock, that's the only way you don't know those things. Um, Star juniors Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, Jeffrey Okuda, all off to the NFL, along with seniors K.J. Hill, Ben Victor, Jonah Jackson, Brandon Bowen, Davon Hamilton, Robert Landers, J. Sean Cornell, Malik Harrison, Damon Arnett, and Jordan Fuller. Uh, spring drills are scheduled to begin the week of March 2nd, so that's five weeks from today. And the spring game is set for April the 11th. Uh, the Buckeyes already have 14 players from the 2020 recruiting class enrolled, including most of the headliners like Julian Fleming, Paris Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I think I said that right. Uh, G. Scott, C.J. Stroud, and Jack Miller. Um, I, I saw an interview with uh, Mickey Marotti uh, from earlier this week. He said this is the largest uh, mid-year class he's ever been a part of. Uh, you know, this, this is the largest group of early enrollees he's ever worked with. So 14 of them, that's pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, my personal opinion is that this, the 2020 season is kind of a, a referendum, I think, on the 2018 recruiting class. Uh, we have not heard from many of these kids. That was the number two overall class back in 2018. Uh, they had 13 top 100 players in that class. Uh, the cream of the crop is yet of that particular crop has yet to really contribute anything. Nicholas Petit Ferrer, Teron Vincent, Tyreek Johnson, Jalen Gill. They were the kind of headliners in that class. Now, some of those guys have had injuries, but really the only guy that's emerged as a star so far is Chris Olave in that class. And he was, you know, he was a three-star, I think ranked somewhere in the 300s nationally as a recruit. So the way I view it, the 2020 season really is kind of, uh, you know, as I said, a referendum on that class. Guys, before I kick it around to you, I, I just want to get, uh, I, I want to get your views of, of some pr two pretty big announcements for Ohio State that come on the defensive side of the ball. That was the return of Kerry Combs as defensive coordinator will be his, his title, but we know his specialty is working with cornerbacks. And then, of course, Sean Wade uh, deciding to come back for his fourth year with the program. Chad, I want to start with you. Give me your reaction, if you would, to those two, to that news, and kind of let's talk a little bit about how you see the defense in, in 2020. Well, I got to tell you, Mike Wade, obviously, was the, the announcement was first. Uh, I mean, I think everybody kind of knew that Combs was coming back. But, yeah. I mean, that, I think that pretty much took everybody on this thread by surprise that uh, Big Sean Wade came back. Yep. And, uh, you know, so big props out to him on that, man. That's huge for us for, yeah, going to be a very young secondary. Yep. And on Combs, man, he, he's, he's an animal. He's the man. Yeah. Like he's as low as like his saying is like I'm planting flags all over. It, you know? like he's, he's, he's crazy here, and I think I don't know if it was Paige or somebody, maybe Ninjuzi sent out uh, those videos of like him just like freaking like over over the years, him freaking out like yeah. you know, he, I mean, he just brings a whole new. I mean, like Hayley obviously was well well respected. Those kids loved him, mm -hmm. but you know. 
Combs, I feel, just brings this crazy fucking animalistic energy into the into the locker room. So, <laughs> but all right. So as far as our defense, I'm on the I'm on the the, the fence that uh, uh, I don't agree with that we're gonna see a drop off. Um, our defensive line is gonna be sick. Okay, you've got Zach Harrison, um, you've got Tyreek, you've got. Jonathan Cooper coming back, which was huge. Um, you know, and then, you know, our linebackers. Um, <laughs> tough back. Fucking great. But, you know, I, I think he'll be like, um, you know, seeing special situations um, as the season progresses and starts out. But, you know, you've got, I mean, linebacker, we're stacked. You got Wade coming back. Um, you know, it's, I, I really believe that we're going to be strong. I think um, Cameron Brown needs to stand, you know, step up. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, seven banks. Let's see what he's got. Um, Tyreek Johnson. I mean, the kid was a five-star recruit. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be a sophomore next year. I, I see that kid being, you know, tough. You know, you've got uh, a Reeves coming back. I'm not a big fan of him, but, you know, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> But I think we're going to be solid, man. I really do. I'm excited about this defense. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Antoine Jackson's back. You've got, uh, you got your, you know, our defensive like line is. Okay, Jerome Cage is going to be back. Um, Haskell Garrett, you know, he's going to be a, like a you know, yeah. possible All American next year. Like, you know, we've got we've got the players. Um, so I'm not worried about our defense um, at all. Great. Paige, what, what, what was your reaction when you heard that Combs was coming back and, and Sean Wade? I, I guess I'm in the minority with the, the Combs thing. I was kind of like, yes, okay. I mean, that's, it's great. Um, but, like, if you think about it, the way I kind of thought about it, it's like, look, if you're going to choose to go play at Ohio State, what are, the, what are the decisions or what are the factors that go into it? And I just kind of feel like, hey, look, like Ohio State just being Ohio State with the brand, the tradition, the connections, that's probably like 30% of it. Who's the head coach? That's huge. That's another 30% of it. And, you know, a position coach is important, but I, I just don't give it, you know, a, a ton of importance in the big scheme of things, you know, maybe 15, 20%. But then on the other hand, I look at a guy like Hartline and look what he can do, yeah. right? So, you know, maybe, um, you know, it's a bigger deal than I originally thought. I mean, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's there. Um, and it definitely fills a void by Hassley leaving. So it's, 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 it's big. Uh, but in the short term for 2020, like the Wade thing is to me just a, a much bigger development. Mm -hmm. Um I always think back to the 2002, is this a Mike Doss moment yeah. perhaps, right? Uh -huh. Where, you know, one guy can just kind of maybe, you know, flip the balance because we are, we are going to need him. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not necessarily that worried about the defense falling off too much. I mean, even, you know, like Chad just said, like the linebackers, um, you know, not to pile on those guys, but, it is interesting when you think about it, like th that team last year and, and pretty much that whole roster is just a, a team full of difference makers. And for whatever reason, just the linebackers are not difference makers. I mean, they're bad players, 
but they're just, you know, they're just middle of the road. And it's just kind of strange um, that they're underperform. And, and, you know, it, it definitely cost us in, in the Clemson game. So it, it'd be great to see some, you know, improved play out of that position group. But uh, in general, I think I'm with Chad. I don't, I don't envision them falling off too dramatically. Um, Good. And, you know, uh, probably don't have to be a, a number one or two defense in the country like they were last year. Just be, you know, be in the top 15, and they'll be fine with the offense they're going to put on the field. Mike, yeah. Mike what do you think? Yeah, back? sure. Go ahead, Chad. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just wanted, like, I, I kind of glazed over the linebackers, and, and I 100% agree with with Paige, but like you think back, like Baron Browning, he he probably would have already been declaring for the NFL this year if it wasn't had been for uh, Keanu. You know yeah, what I mean? Bill Davis. Was the, <laughs> yeah, Bill Davis exactly. Yeah. So I mean, next year you've got Baron Browning, Dallas Gantt, um, you've got Hilliard, which he probably won't make a difference coming back. But you got Mitchell, who's going to be healthy next year. You've got Cade Stover, the freshman, and you've got. Uh, you know, Pete Werner's coming back. So, I mean, it, it's going to – the linebackers, I feel, are going to be fucking solid next year, man. I, I really do. All right. You got those guys running back. And then one more thing, and I, I'll shut up. But but going back to, like, uh, Pete's <laughs> comment about uh, Combs, I think it's huge, man. Yeah. I really do for recruiting. I mean, you look at some of those guys, those five-star commits that we had, uh, you know, committed, and they were kind of like – you know, everybody was worried, oh, hastily has gone because he was such a good recruiter. I think that's huge. You look at all the guys that he recruited, Combs did over his years with mm-hmm. the defensive back. I mean, yeah. that's all. Peace out. All right. Okay. Mike, what was your uh, reaction? Borland is uh, is going to be a senior as well, right? Along with Warner? Uh, he is, yeah. They're both back. So, so the question is, I'm fine. The defensive line, I think, will be fine. I think they'll be okay, just even though we lost Chase Young. I think the other guys will be fine. The DB's weight is – is going to help there. Obviously, we're with our net and Dakota. There's our holes to fill. Um, maybe uh, Combs will help with that. But the linebackers, mm-hmm. we have two players. Werner and Borland are kind of two-year starters. Yeah, a year and a half starters. Those guys were like, yeah, they they were not spectacular to say the least. I mean, the other guys were, you know, could go pro. Those guys, I mean. They needed the perfect play to shine. They can't drop back in coverage well. They can't tackle in an open field laterally. I mean, the Clemson game showed that. Do we stick with them is the question. Hmm. Do they stay back there or do we have up underclass or other guys that are waiting to step up, replace them, hmm. and have them come in on specialty downs? Because I think we're, we're going to get – I don't care how good the coaches are – not going to be, you know, turn a player, you know, this is going to be seniors. I don't think they're going to be, I think they're as good as they're going to get. Yeah. What we've seen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense. I, um, I, I personally think Kerry Combs coming back is pretty, is pretty important. I think he's an ace recruiter. Uh, I think he brings great energy, uh, as a motivator, as a coach on the sidelines and and I don't think it's any coincidence that uh, while he was in Columbus, the first stint, uh, 2012 to 2017, he had uh, corners go in the first round virtually every year that he was there. Start you know Bradley Roby, Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary Ann Conley, Denzel Ward. He was really good at coaching up the the corner position. 
Um, I think, you know, Ryan Day said he was going to go out and find the best coach in America to replace Halfley. And I, I can't imagine there could have been a better replacement for him than Coombs. If you look at everything that's asked of assistant coaches at Ohio State, you know, not just coaching their position groups, but also uh, going out and recruiting. And Coombs is a grinder, obviously, and, and, can, and you know, can obviously recruit. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he takes on a, a, a larger role as defensive coordinator, though, which he's never been. And he is now, I believe, the highest paid assistant on the staff. I think he's making like $1.2 million. Um, so we'll see if he's up for that. I mean, the other thing is at corner, and then I want to comment on what you guys have said about linebacker. At corner, um, you know, I, I'm not sure Combs is working with the same type of talent in the secondary this season that he's at, that he has previously at Ohio State. Uh, you know, he's got, well, certainly in Sean Wade, he is. But if you look at some of the other kids that are coming back and that will be competing for playing time, Cam Brown, right? He he was kind of the third outside corner last season after Arnett and Okuda. Um, he was the 323rd player in the 2018 class. He was 54th among corners uh, at, at the prep level in, in 2018. Seven Banks, you know, the 221st player according to the 24-7 sports composite Amir Reap 186th player Marcus Williams 182 I mean these guys are good solid football players um, you know probably solid four stars I believe across the board all four of those guys but I'm not sure we're talking about Jeffrey Okuda Sean Wade uh, you know uh, level talent uh, Marshawn Lattimore guys like that so uh, I, I guess if there's, a, if there's a coach that can bring the best out of those guys, it would be Combs. But I'm not sure these guys have a ton of upside either. I, I'm hoping for the best there. But um, I'm really hopeful. Chad, you've already mentioned him. Tyreek Johnson, who was a five-star in 2018. He was one of the headliners of the, of the 2018 class. He is Sean Wade's cousin. He played at the same high school as Sean Wade. He's got kind of a similar profile, physically that is. A big, strong, physical guy. I think he played a little bit of both safety and corner at high school, at the high school level. Redshirted his freshman year. He was injured most of last year. I'm kind of hoping we we start to hear about this kid in the spring, um, because that to me, he seems like the kind of player uh, that could develop into a star. I'm just not sure about the other guys, and uh, you know, I, I guess we'll see. As far as linebackers concerned. Um, the the Cleveland.com guys, as well as the guys that I listened to on The Athletic, Ari Wasserman and uh, um, the other guy, Bill Landis, they're all of the opinion that, um, that Browning is going to move to the outside and take Malik Harrison's spot. And uh, Tough Borland is probably going to rotate with another player on the inside. But I was just listening to the Bucknuts guys, and they seem to think that Browning and... and uh, and um, Tough Borland will continue to rotate on the inside, and another player, uh, maybe a Dallas Gant, would then take the outside position. Um, and th the concern they had was they might start losing kids to the transfer portal if some of these other kids don't start getting into the mix, into the rotation in 2020, which I thought was an interesting point. And Mike, I think you might have even been hinting at that. Like, you know, is there anybody else on this roster that can bring some pop, some playmaking ability, some instinctual play, guys that can create turnovers and create explosive plays? I mean, I think we see a little bit out of, out of Browning, but I mean, out of Tough Borland and, and Warner, there's not a ton of like explosive plays 
which I think was really missing from the linebacker play last year, and, and we could really use going into 2020. Um, you guys get any other comments on the back seven, the linebackers, or the secondary? No? I, I just think you can't, you, you, you can't totally fall in love with the fact that the guy's a five-star player. That's a good you point. Know, uh, maybe these guys are really good players, and guess what? They just happen to be, you know, on the on the the two deep chart behind you know top ten picks yeah. in, in the you know in, in the NFL. And the other thing is, um, you know, I I don't know that it's completely realistic for us to just think that you know, we're going to just field a team of five-star guys that are NFL talent across the board. Like, right. It's just unrealistic, yeah. right? I mean, I, our offense, we're not, you know, we maybe we'll get to that, maybe we won't. But, you know, most teams have some deficiencies someplace. Yeah, Clearly, that's probably where it's going to be for this team. So you're going to have to compensate it in other ways. And I think they – is smart enough to, to, to figure that stuff out. And then, you know, back to the Coombs thing. I, it's important. Yeah, definitely. But those kids are going to come to high state anyways. Case in point, the five guys that they had signed up, and I know they lost one guy, they still came, right? Yeah. The guys are going to come, you know? So the recruiting piece of it, yeah, I mean, it, it makes a big difference, um, but I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. It's, you know, who's your head coach and what school are you recruiting for? Um, goes a long way. So, I don't know. I I just I don't put as maybe as much importance as you guys are putting on it, but that's cool. That's fine. Okay. No, no. I I, I mean <laughs> I, I know I know. Uh, Lay Marie always talks about uh, you know assistant coaches as kind of middle managers, you know, and and you can kind of you know they're dime a dozen, and you know they're the, he does he, he's he's with you, Paige. I think in that he, you know they're important, yeah. but let's well, not over let's not overstate the importance of them. They're at the end of the day, they're middle right. managers. And, yeah. and and as and as long as they're just not the best man in you know Ryan Day's wedding, I'm pretty cool <laughs> with who their assistant coach is. Yeah. I, I misspoke. I think uh, it, with the linebackers, um, the the Bucknuts guys were talking about uh, Kayvon Pope as potentially a starter on the outside. Should Ohio State decide to to continue with a tough Borland Baron Browning rotation in the middle, Kayvon Pope would be the next guy in line to. Uh, replace Malik Harrison. Now, I know they also consider those two linebackers p- positions as kind of interchangeable. Um, because yeah. I, so, I, you know, I, I guess we'll see. It should be a really interesting uh, competition. Sorry, Chad, like, so what I, Yeah, so what I've been kind of reading about the linebackers is like Warner's going to be your starting, you know, strong side linebacker. And then Hilliard will back him up, as like, you know, and then at mm-hmm. middle, you're going to have tough Borland, unfortunately. Like that's what I would be reading. They got and Gam backing him up, and then you've got uh, Baron on the weak side, and then Pope backing him up. But uh, I think we got some good options. I mean, Pete Werner, like NFL scouts were talking about that guy all year because he can cover the run and he can cover you know receivers going out of the back, you know. So yeah, I, I like Pete Werner. He put he put some hits on some people this year, man. Yeah, I, I think I think Warner gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, he's often uh, covering you, you. He's often going out in coverage and locking down you know tight ends and you know he, he's in other words he's not at the line of scrimmage and probably doesn't get as many opportunities to make plays in the backfield as the other linebackers. I, I think he's been solid. I, I really do. I think you know he's got good size, um, and and I like him at that spot. The 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 tough Borland. Um, 
you know, he's again. Well, the interesting thing is, is like there was they had the opportunity to find somebody else to play in the middle when they completely turned over the defensive coaching staff after last season, and the new guys that came in, the new coaches that came in, continued to stick with with Borland. So certainly there are things he must bring to the table as a player that maybe as fans we just yeah. can't appreciate, we can't see. Um, but but I, I I'm I'm with you, uh, Chad. That's what I've also read that Baron Browning would move out to the weak side and take Malik Harrison's spot, and then would probably you know rotate with Kayvon Pope out there. Uh, right. and, that, and that to me makes the most sense because you're going to need a guy on the outside with speed and athleticism like Harrison had in size. And Baron Browning yeah. to me seems much more naturally suited to the outside than the inside. I don't know. Mike, uh, what do you think? You got any other thoughts on on uh, the, the back seven? Yeah, we don't need an explosive player in linebacker. We just want some competency there. And, um, <laughs> well, you know, maybe you got, could, maybe senior year is going to be their year. You know, it's yeah. um, it's they were a weakness, they were a hole to exploit. But maybe senior year, it's like there's lots of players that don't blossom until the third year in the NFL. For God's sake, yeah. so maybe they. Yeah, and Warner really, I think you're right. I agree that he wasn't that bad. He did do some decent work out there on the outside. And But, you know, it was, it'd be nice to see, like, another big time. What was the last time we had a big time Ohio State linebacker? It's, I mean, falling around in the middle. I can't remember. Well, I mean, the 2015. Yeah, I mean, the, the 2015, circa 2015, 2016, right? Where we had, you know, um, Raekwon McMillan in the middle there. Uh, yeah. and, and um, guys, why am I blanking on his name? He, the the big playmaker, Darren Lee. Darren Lee. We 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 right. we He's have not had. Short. Yeah, we have not had that. I, I I this line the the linebacker play from the last several years has definitely been several notches below that level. There is no Darren Lee in that linebacker core right now, and there there isn't a a, a Raquan McMillan locking down the middle of that defense. It, it, they are several notches no. below. And you would think at Ohio State with the way they recruited, I mean, there's got to be one of those players on the roster somewhere. Uh, unless they've swung and missed in recruiting for several years in a row at linebacker. I, it would be nice if, some kid, if someone could emerge this season. Otis, we start hearing about somebody in spring practices. Hey, this is the guy. This well, guy's emerging. He's starting to turn heads, you know. Right. Go ahead, Chad. Now, I, I, I believe we have a couple of those who are going to be freshmen. And actually, both of them are early enrollees for like the, you know, they, there were 20 commits. Um, but uh, Court Williams, that, that kid out of California, that kid's a baller, dude. Uh, yeah, and then okay. you've got Cody, Cody Simon from Jersey. Dude, I think those are two guys that, that have the potential to step up and be somebody like a Darren Lee because they, they're, they're by. We yeah. got. And the 21 class, too, you got the Reed Trucco from Ohio. We got them coming in. I right. agree with, like, we don't have them now, but they're coming in. Yeah. I, yeah, I, but, dude, guys don't – those guys are not going to – there are certain positions that you can come in and make an immediate impact. Linebacker is, like – that never happens. Like, yeah. maybe Andy Katzemore. It's, like, once every other decade. Yeah. And I just think those but, linebackers – and, and, I agree. And I think but. part of yeah, part of part of it w- might have been the fact that Jesus, you're stacked defensively in every other position. So let's just put guys in in there that we know are going to be, you know, schematically sound and they're the safe play because we're good enough to win, you know, 
every game with them being in there, and so they didn't take any chances. But it goes back. You remember, it's like when Todd Beckman was our quarterback. If you're, if it takes you five years to be the starting quarterback at a high state, you probably shouldn't be the starting quarterback at a high <laughs> state. And I feel the same way with Tough Borland. Okay, Pete Warner, I give him a pass, but I, I don't know what more we have to see from him. That, that he's just he's neutral at best. At yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I mean I'm looking at Tough Borland's stats, right? He finished uh, he was fourth on the team in tackles, three tackles for loss, one sack. He had an inter- he had one interception in the Cincy game and got run down by a guard. I was at that game. <laughs> I mean he had dude, I, I watched I was right there watching the play. I go, that's a touchdown. He could walk and he got run down by a guard. So I, I just forgot about that. You remember that play? I, I um with Chase Young leaving and Jeffrey Okuda gone and Jordan Fuller, some of these guys that were big-time playmakers, um, I, I wonder if there's going to be a sense of urgency with the defensive coaching staff to see what else they have uh, at linebacker, where where else they can make, uh, they can put pressure on the quarterback, where they can create turnovers. Uh, I, I am a little worried about the back seven. Um, I, I want to see if Baron Browning uh, has another gear has another level that he can reach. I thought he had a good, solid junior season. Ten tackles for loss, five quarterback sacks. He can clearly, he's got a niche. He can clearly get after the quarterback. He can line up on the outside and get in the backfield. I, I want to see if he's got another level that he can reach. I think it's important for this defense, if they're going to get back to the playoffs and make a serious playoff uh, title run, uh, Baron Browning is one of those guys that's going to have to find another level in 2020. And, and I'm hoping maybe there's one other guy. We start hearing about this guy in spring practices. Maybe he has a big spring game. Where's this guy been? You know, wow, all right. He's, you know, he's deflecting balls. He's stepping into passing lanes. He's getting after the quarterback. He's forcing fumbles. I think we need a guy like that this year because Chase Young is gone. And I think we're going to be very good in the defensive line. But we're, we're missing that explosive playmaker. And you need explosive playmakers on the defensive side. And there aren't a ton. Sean Wade, to be sure. There's explosive playmaking ability in Baron Browning, and then I don't know where else we get it. Where else on the roster are we getting it, or that where where else on the roster have we seen evidence that that exists? Um, I, I think there are some questions there. I, Sorry, was somebody going to say something? No, I, I think look for like I think what you just mentioned, like one of the breakout players in spring practice. I think that's going to be Tarada Mitchell as far as linebacker goes, man. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he's so. He's just dealing with some fucking injuries, and like, but I think he's like he's going to step up and like uh, make has, a name for himself in this room. He has been a little nicked. What he was injured last year, is that right, CP? He, he was dealing with some injuries. Yeah, he was like like didn't really play at all. Okay, he was yeah. banged up. Okay, all right, that might explain why we didn't see much of him. Um, all right, so the other the other area I wanted to look at the defensive line. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of good, solid defensive ends coming back. We've got a lot. I mean, I think the only guy we lose, right, is Chase Young. We got everybody back who was in the defensive end rotation from 2020. Now, Young's a big loss, but we've got everybody else coming back. Uh, just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart from the Clemson game. Uh, Tyreek Smith, uh, Zach Harrison, they were co-starters at one end. It was, it was Harrison that actually started. Tyler Friday. Uh, was also in the rotation. All three of those guys played in the national title game. Chase Young and uh, obviously gone, but 
Jean Baptiste will be back. Javante Jean Baptiste will be back, and then of course Jonathan Cooper is coming back for one more year. I think that's a good solid rotation of defensive ends. Another player I think that needs to find another level, another gear for 2020. I think has to be Zach Harrison. If if Harrison can have a similar growth trajectory that Chase Young did in his sophomore year, I thought by the end of his sophomore year, Chase Young was a menace. Chase Young was the player that we saw in his junior year in the last three or four games of the season. We need a similar trajectory out of Zach Harrison, I think, in his sophomore year. Chad, talk about the defensive ends in 2020. I I was just looking at some stats like Zach Harrison, man. I mean, it might not have like you know shown, but he like he had some great stats. Um, yeah, this past season or being a true freshman. Yeah, um, I I don't know if it was Madison. Um, one of those guys said that they feel that Zach Harrison has every bit of the talent that Chase Young does, and and it will it's gonna it's gonna shine. Is so that's that's pretty like exciting and bold. To hear, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, just to back so, you up on your point there, Harrison finished with five tackles for loss and three and a half sacks, and he had a couple of nice tackles on Trevor Lawrence in the playoff game. A couple times Lawrence got out of the pocket, and he kept Lawrence there and limited him to like you know one or two yard gain. I remember that specifically. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no. I was like, I was just listening. Yeah. I mean, he he was impressive, man. Hey, you know what? One thing we forgot to do earlier, I'd like to give a, a what up to uh, R.I.P. the Mamba. Kobe oh, Bryant, Kobe man. Bryant, yeah. How These about that? These good memories over the years. Yeah, jeez. Oh, man, well, that's a whole other podcast there. Yeah, devastating news. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought you guys sorry, mentioned I didn't, that I didn't mean to add a downer there, boys. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you guys Debbie Downer. Right in the middle. <laughs> Sorry. Mike, Mike uh, t- tell me a little bit of how you see the defensive end position in 2020. You know, with Chase leaving, you know, I, my, there's two questions. Here's the question. It, it, the guys that were racking up the stats in the last three games of the season, because Chase was either double teamed or whatever. He, you didn't you know, hear his name called much. No. And the big game, you know, the mission game on. But the other guys were doing just fine. Harrison and the, a lot of guys. And the question is, were they doing that well because Chase is getting double teamed the whole time? I tried to watch the line. Sometimes I'd watch a play and just focus on the line and see what Young was doing, especially if you hadn't heard from him in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't really tell if he was getting double teamed or if they just figured out maybe something about him. Anyway, I my feeling is that the, the line is going to be fine, especially Zach Harrison. He was a freshman, right? Yeah, He's, true freshman. Yeah, yeah, he and and Young went from basically an kind of a overgrown, um, uncoordinated man child to the man <laughs> in just one year. Remember, I mean, when yeah. Um, yeah. the Bosa brothers and then uh, Nick Bosa was in there, you know, Chase Young came in and he come in on, on passing downs or something, and he looked like he could do something, but he had problems jumping off sides. He went from that to the, you know the the number one pick in the draft in like a year. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot we have the uh, the prototypes for guys to do that again. I I don't think I think our line's going to be just fine. In fact, out of the, everybody, the, you know, the three lines in the defense, the secondary linebackers, the front four, I, I'm least worried about the front four. Yeah, I mean, well, you have Larry Johnson there, right? Who is you know. Uh, 
he's the, the, def- the defensive line guru, so there's good reason to trust his track record, and they've recruited well at, all the, at those positions. So I think, as you say, there's good reason to trust that someone will emerge or multiple guys will emerge. They're also pretty banged up there. It'd be nice to see a healthy Tyreek Smith. He was in and out of the lineup all year. Um, Paige, you have any comments on the defensive ends in 2020? No, I'm going to channel my inner Sloaner and just say we're going to be fine. I think we've covered it. Yeah, okay, good. Um, I, I think the area to watch is on the interior. And and I, I think the, the defensive tackle position, I think they have an opportunity on the inside as well as, as uh, you know, Jay Sean Cornell and Davon Hamilton and Robert Landers played on the inside for Ohio State. What I'm reading and hearing um, is that Ohio State could actually be better uh, on the interior this year uh, than they were last year. And actually, that could very well be the identity uh, of that defensive line. Um, I think a lot really hinges on the health of Teron Vincent. And, and he was one of the headliners of the 2018 class. You know, he's got an NFL pedigree. His father played in, in the NFL. In his case, he was a defensive back, played at Wisconsin, had a great NFL career with mainly with the Eagles. Uh, Vincent is a guy that has superstar upside like you know top 10 nfl pick upside and i think it's crucial that he get healthy from what i'm hearing and reading there's a lot of optimism around him getting healthy and ready to contribute this year you pair him with tommy togiai who started to flash last year at nose tackle and then haskell garrett will also rotate in there i think they could be very good on the interior and if you're dominant up the middle, man, if you're getting pressure up the middle, you're stuffing the run up the middle, um, I, I, they have an opportunity to be a very good defensive line. So do you guys have any comments on on, on the interior? Chad, I'm going to kick it back to you. Any comments on defensive tackle? I, I'm just going to let everything you said be. I'm like, you know, you pretty much covered everything. And I, <laughs> and I 100% agree, dude, that Vincent, He's a beast. He's, yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I honestly, our offensive line and defensive line, like 100% on the offensive line could be our best, and like better than this year and, and could be one of the best of all time for 2020. But I think our defensive line is going to be pretty fucking solid too. Okay, good. Mike, you have any comments on the interior of the Ohio State de- defensive line? Landers is graduating though, right? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he, yeah, okay, because um, he was really starting to, you know, uh, come on. I, I thought he was coming back for one more year. So, um, anyway, no, okay. I think we'll be all right. All right, we'll Paige? Right. Tommy Togiai is Chad's BFF. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say he's the strongest guy in the <laughs> roster, right? <laughs> oh, man. He's fast. That dude's fast. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll be fine. We're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know. All right. Well, let's let, let's spend a few minutes. I know it's a Sunday, guys, and uh, you know we're uh, you guys probably have other things to do with your time. But let's let's look at some key position battles on offense. We don't have to look at every single position. Obviously, there are some that are completely locked down. Most of the offensive line, obviously, we're going to be a, as good as anybody at quarterback uh, and at offense. I want to I want to talk a little bit about starting running back. Um, Paige, I want to start with you. And I have this question: Is Master T good enough to be the man at running back? Uh, I, I think the real question is: What kind of offense will Ryan Day design if he's not? Mm. 
because he's got playmakers all over the field. Yeah. Um, and again, I kind of come back. Yes, it, it'd be nice, you know, to have J.K. for another year or an Ezekiel Elliott. Um, woe <laughs> is us, Buckeye fans, that we don't have, <laughs> you know, a top five running back next year. And so the sky is falling and we're doomed. Now, I'm not saying it's not a legit question, um, but I, I, I think if he's not, then – uh, then it's up to Day and Wilson to design an offense that exploits just the plethora of offensive firepower every, every single other place on that field, right? Yeah, yeah. The offensive line is going to be sick. I don't know how you're going to have enough balls to get to all these wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you, you got Alave and you got Wilson who, I, you know, they're just going to be – they're going to be – I mean, especially in a lobby with just this chip on his shoulder, like I, yeah. I shudder to think, you know, how he, um, you know, ups his game next year. And then the incoming freshman, there's just going to be a lot of different ways that I think Day can come up with something if, you know, Master Teague isn't, you know, quite the level that, you know, we've had in these last few years. So I think he's a good back. He might be, you know, he might be, better than that but I, I it doesn't concern me oh and then by the way yeah you have justin field who <laughs> probably be the second pick overall in the nfl draft next year yeah mike what, uh, do, you, what do you think what, what are we looking at in the, in the ohio state running game next year uh, yeah with teague we saw some flashes of brilliance there but it turned out they were mainly against you know some of the weaker teams i think and maybe against you know maybe during mop-up time when we had like a huge second quarter and come in the quarter. right I, I don't know he's only a freshman uh it'd be nice you know we had a lot we've had a lot of ohio state freshman backs that really show their how good they are. You know, I'm thinking of like Beanie Wells, you know, they had big right. runs towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Masters T kind of went away at the end of the season there. I mean, I know Dobbins was the man he got all the carries, but when T came in there for just a couple, he, he looked like he was a step out of it. He wasn't, wasn't ready. Yeah. So yeah. I have to see the other guys. And after that, besides McCall, I don't, I don't think I saw another back play. So I'll have to, you know, watch spring train, you know, keep my eye on all that because I have no idea what okay. we got besides Master Teague. Yeah, Marcus Crowley is a, is a name that has popped up. Uh, I believe he is also a cousin of Sean Wade's as well. Went to the same the same school uh, in in Jacksonville. Uh, Chad, what Jacksonville. do you think? Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. So, Chad, I, you got any thoughts I, on the running I, game? I, I think uh, honestly, by there's a good chance that Crowley will have overtaken the number one like position, like running back position by midseason. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it, he'll he'll get some play. I mean, certainly, I think it'll be it could very well be a fifty fifty split with Teague. But of what little I've seen of Crowley, I it, to me uh, I, to me he looks like a back that has the ability to make that first guy miss. Um, you know, get to yeah. the second level, has acceleration. He's got more wiggle than Master Teague. Master Teague looks, to me, much more of a north-south type runner. Uh, kind of more of the, um, I don't know, some of the guys we've had in the past, a, a boom heron. Or He's a, got right speed, but he can still put his shoulder down. Yeah, I mean, I, I you need a back like that, obviously. You need two guys that are slightly different styles that can come in and give you a change of pace. But I'm with you, Chad. I think we might start hearing... Marcus Crowley's name. Now, what I've heard 
I think I heard this on the Bucknuts pod- podcast. Crowley had a uh, a knee injury that he was nursing through most of last year, and yeah, uh, yeah, and and the question is, will he be ready in time for spring? And if he's going to miss spring drills and and competition in spring practices, then that could really put him behind the eight ball. I hope he'll be ready to go, but but should he be healthy and can compete in the spring? I I agree with you. From what I've seen of him, I think he's got more explosive uh, elements to his game than Master Teague does. Yeah. Um, on offense, I, I got a question about who's going to replace K.J. Hill. And I wonder, I, so I, I was listening to uh, Ryan Day's first press conference, kind of his first off-season press conference. I think it was last week. And he was asked, I think it was by Doug Marie about the receiver rotation in 2020. And he asked him, Marie did, you know, is it possible that uh, he might move a guy that would otherwise be, you know, an X or a Y to the slot? And uh, Day did not dismiss that. He actually said what they're going to do is they're going to look at the six best receivers, and those are the guys that are going to play. And I think it was Ari Wasserman on The Athletic. His prediction is that actually Chris Olave is going to move from the outside into the slot and he believes Julian Fleming will then take Olave's place on the outside opposite Garrett, Garrett Wilson. I think that's an interesting development there. I'm going to be watching the slot closely because think about that. You have Olave's explo- his speed and playmaking ability, his ability to do things after the catch to actually you know go vertical and get behind guys playing in the slot. That could be pretty sick. Paige, what do you think about the receivers going into 2020? I mean, are there enough balls to go around for all these guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, uh, you know, how guys line up, um, you know, I, I don't know enough about offensive schemes to know, you know, what he's thinking or, or, or potential ways to, you know, design this stuff. But these guys, uh, if you if you believe the recruiting rankings of these wide receivers coming in and not just Fleming but Smith, um, I mean, they're going to be fine and they're going to absolutely, uh, maybe lean on that a little bit more. Um, you know, if, if running back position isn't quite what we think and, you know, the, I just listening to you guys talk, you know, it's like Crowley's going to be there. And then you talk, Oh, the guy's got a bad knee. Like, come on, when does that ever work out? You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, he hasn't, he, he hasn't played too much. Um, and he's got a bad knee and he's running back. Like, okay, if we're going to hang our hat on there, then maybe we have bigger problems than we've got. So, uh, Good point. Yeah. The steel chambers, the porn star teal steel chambers come into the, into the mix then. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, chambers, oh, yeah. and, chambers and Teague are, are kind of the same style of player. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Paige. And, and what does Sloaner call smooth, smooth Jameson? Well, he's a Don't he's a receiver. <laughs> he's a yeah he's a well so but okay so here's a question. Uh, I mean, what's the over under on Ohio State receivers entering the transfer portal after the spring game? I, I'm not saying they need the incoming freshmen, but kids maybe that are already on the roster that are like they see these kids coming in and be like, peace out. Yeah, I mean, when right? you got people saying like. like that yeah. shows you what kind of stud that uh, Fleming is. Like when they've already got him like starting. I mean, that kid's a man. I got yeah. I, I I mean, there's no way, you know, all the kids 
including the incoming freshmen and the kids that are on the roster now, I, there's got to be at least one of these kids after spring ball. And it could very well be Jameson, actually. It could be like, hey, I mean, uh, I'm not going to play. <laughs> because, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you bring in, I mean, you've got uh, uh, Smith and, J- and Jigba just got bumped up to a five-star. And some people are saying that he's actually a more polished receiver than Julian Fleming, that he actually played against much better competition in Texas than Fleming did in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he played in a tougher league is what I've been hearing and reading. You've got Fleming, Smith, and Jigba, G. Scott, who a lot of people, he's a high four-star just on the outside of a five-star. Uh, yeah. And then Mookie Cooper, CP, that's your guy, Mookie, right? Mookie. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, Mookie. We, we could I very mean, well. He's a high four-star, too. Yeah. So it will it's be interesting to see, that. yeah, how many of these kids make the two deep uh, the, of the freshmen and then where they might move guys around. Um, you know, just to get him on the field, right? Like, it seems kind of foolish that if you got a guy who can contribute right away, that is an X or a Y, but actually could contribute, you know, from the slot, then, I mean, play the guy, right? It seems kind of stupid to wait and make him wait for two years to, you know, to, yeah, to play his more play natural position, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, that that's one area, that's one position battle I'm really looking forward to seeing. I mean, you know, K.J. Hill is one of those guys that uh, – um, probably leaves uh, somewhat underappreciated, even though he is the all-time leading receiver in Ohio State history. More receptions than anybody that's ever played. Oh, it's unbelievable. Is, yeah. You can watch TV. Okay. So anyway, um, guys, any other thoughts on the offense? Anything that um, you wanted to mention now? Position battles uh, going into 2020? Um, receivers, I, I was just going to say one thing what was i going to say about receivers um who are we losing victor we're losing mac and kj hill kj hill it's a lot of yeah a lot of experience a lot of production yeah yeah and we especially with hill a lot of experience mac never really realized what um some thought he could do and victor had a couple of nice big plays he was he was in there and, and made you know he filled in but that was probably because we had a lack of a a superstar it with yeah, with Alave and now with Garrett Wilson, those guys can hog up all the balls if if we, if you know yeah. if they wanted to yeah. So we may not need you know five six deep receivers in there with those two guys ready to to take off. I'm hoping Wilson steps it up big time. You know he he showed big time catches. I don't know if he needs to be returning punts anymore. <laughs> he could. Um, this is a big year for him. I think. Yeah. Go the way of, you know, a big player, you know, Dante Wilson. Yeah. You know, the guy we were (laughs) begging to get better, and he just got worse each year. Yeah. Until he finally mercifully (laughs) fell off the roster. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I I I agree with you. I think I think it is going to be Olave and and Wilson that'll be your your lead your lead dogs in that unit, and then somebody like a Julian Fleming or Smith and Jigba as a young guy coming in to, you know, sprinkle in some playmaking. Um, I see. I keep reading about Jamison Williamson, Jamison Williams. Like he's going to like have supposed to have some big year next year. I will see. I don't, I mean, that's the thing. It is a crowded room and Williams has speed. I mean, that guy can fly, but I mean, is he yeah. is, I, I mean, some of these guys, the, the, the guys, Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming, it might be tough to keep those guys off the field because 
they're polished. I, they, they got size. They can do everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's and that's all, a, that's, all those guys enrolled early too. They're already in school. Yeah, yeah. Fourteen, fourteen of Four. uh, of the twenty twenty class yeah. are already in school. It's pretty crazy. And, yeah. and most of them, all of them, were like our highest recruits, which was is unbelievable. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, hey guys, we're we're at about fifty minutes or so. Uh, Chad, I know you've got, uh, you probably have to boogie. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention? We, we can, I, I figure we can do another, another one of these after the spring game. And in fact, that that's going to actually be a really fun game to watch, uh, because we're going to get to see yeah. a lot of these early enrollees play, um, in the spring game. That'll be kind of must see TV if you're an Ohio state fan, but any other comments you guys wanted to make before we wrap it up today? On a scale of one to ten, where's everybody at on their grief scale post Clemson game? Oh, that's a good one, Paige. Where are you? Oh, that's a great one. I'm still bitter. Yeah, I'm still I, I'm still hovering between a, a, a solid five and a six. Um, <laughs> it, it, that's probably about it doesn't where really totally want to go away. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Chad, right? how about you? I every. I, uh, I've got some issues with still, I mean, like Paige said, I'm probably at a six, seven. So, and you know, it's, I, I wake up every day saying, like, all right, I don't want to think about this, man. It's like, just, you know, maybe, maybe the reward is that Wade came back. Maybe that's a cons- a little consolation. Wade's back. He's right. so upset yeah. about getting knocked out of that game, which is really that's a good point. Like the game. Yeah. You I mean, may not be seeing. I, I honestly, did you hear another full year of Washington? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that after I watched the national championship game, I started to feel a little bit better because I don't think we would have beaten LSU. I think we might have matched up a little bit better with them, but I don't think we would have beaten them. Not not in fricking the Superdome. I mean, every time LSU plays in the fucking national championship game, it's in New Orleans. It's crazy. I'd mm. like to think that we. I like to think that we could, but I guess you know. I, like I, I just they were the I team of destiny. I, I mean, Joe Burrow was having a freaking four month out of body experience, and yeah, I just think you know, you given where the game was played, I I, yeah. I thought like sure we we probably could have come within ten twelve points of them, but they were the team of destiny. It was just their year. And and uh, Burrow playing against his old team, though you never know how that can affect the guy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good point. Matter. That's that's a you good point. Do. Right. And there yeah. were some turning points in that game with their linebacker. Well, so how did you guys feel last year? You know, after you know we went to the Rose Bowl and we beat Washington, but it was totally unsatisfying, right? We were up twenty-eight to three going into the fourth quarter, and we had to hang on for dear life, fall onto an onside kick to squeak it out. We finished thirteen and one. We finished number three in both polls. Same result this year: thirteen and one, number three in both polls. I'm sorry. I'm feeling overall when I look back on the season, I feel much better about the season as a whole this year, right? Sitting here right now, than I did last year. Because last year I felt like if we could have gotten into the playoff field, we could have done some damage, and we didn't. Right. And then we played a lackluster kind of, you know, who gives a shit Rose Bowl. And I don't know. Personally, I feel, I just, I kind of feel okay about it. So in answer to your page, uh, page your question, I, on the grief scale, I'm about a three. I'm, I'm looking ahead to 2020. Mm. I'm getting excited about 2020 now. Mm. Yeah, well, you, 
you you had a different sort of take, I think, than uh, at least I did on the Clemson game. So yeah. that 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 makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still not convinced. I, I think we would have given LSU all they they could have handled. So um, so welcome and, up, and then let me ask you, why do you think we would have been a better matchup for LSU than what Clemson put out there? Well, I just think I think it's pretty simple. I I I believe we were better than Clemson, um, and and it, it took ten things to not go our way, and we still had the ball with a chance to win it. You know, with with ninety seconds left, and the, the other funny thing is watching the the national championship game. I was kind of unsure who I was rooting for. <laughs> it was somewhat cathartic watching, and and. If if there is a karma god, right? I mean, it it was looking down on Clemson, you know, having a touchdown taken off the board, having your linebacker thrown out for targeting, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 as I drank more and more beer, I started yelling and rooting more and more for LSU <laughs> and, and screaming, you know, obscenities at Clemson and, and Dabo. So there was some some catharsism in, in, in that. But I, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, Lawrence I fumbling think, and the, the critical fourth, yeah. that fourth quarter play when he took yeah. off. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, so I, I just think I, it, 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 it is a huge, huge missed opportunity for that team. Yeah. Um, and uh, even, you know, okay. So, so last year against the Rose Bowl, yeah, but we, we had that crappy defense, and that defense yeah, wasn't good. We, we weren't riding that to a national championship. This team had – you need some luck. You definitely need some luck. We didn't get it, and it cost us. But mm-hmm. we had every other ingredient, i.e. the coaching and the talent. And yeah. and it'll be – I will go to my death knowing that was a missed opportunity for a national championship at the 2019. It was clearly a missed opportunity. You're absolutely right about that. No, fair enough. I mean, those those are compelling. That's a compelling argument, Mike. What do you think? Do you exactly. think Do you think we would have uh, Do you think we would have made a better matchup for LSU than Clemson? Yes. However, they are saying that this LSU team may have been the best college football team ever. Certainly, the best uh, so, offense ever. You might be able to make that argument for sure. Yeah. Well, and. This is the, the thing is that this is one of the best Ohio State teams ever, and I think it was just mm-hmm. one of those years where we happen to have go up, you know, against team. There was that many top top teams playing in the same year. Mm-hmm. Clemson has a really solid team too, but they 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 benefited from being there the last couple of years and and being you know they were poised. They did not let that you know. When we jumped on them in the beginning, they did not let that bother them. Where we were in uncharted territory, that we didn't have the same experience. Yeah, we were better on talent level, and I think our corners would have been much better against Burroughs than their corners were, and it would have been a different game. It would have been uh, fun to watch. Love to play. Would have been fun to watch um, uh, Jeffrey Okuda go up against their stud receiver. I'm blanking on his name, but that would have been a hell of a matchup between those two. Chad, I think I know you yeah. where you stand on this, but go ahead. Would, 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 would Ohio State have made a better matchup against LSU in the title I, game? I, I'd like to think so. Um, yeah. I, I point, you know, a few points Paige made and a few that uh, Mikey made. But like, I mean, you know, we'll never know. 
I feel like our defense could have like uh, you know manned up a little bit better than than what Clemson did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know; it would have been a great game. But did you? Uh, I read that you know got the Michigan stuff in that in the uh, locker room now, but they they what they're focusing on too for uh, the next season is that he put up the fi- he's got the final score of the Ohio State Clemson game, and that's staying up. I all heard year. about that. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and uh, I think uh, what uh, Ryan Day addressed the crowd at uh, a recent Ohio State basketball game, I think it was last week, right? And the Ohio State football team was recognized as Big Ten champions yeah. at halftime of that game. And Ryan Day addressed the crowd briefly for like a minute or two, and he basically said, look, that game did not sit well with us, and we will be using it as motivation for 2020. So if you're an Ohio State fan, you love hearing that sort of thing. And now it's, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, you get there, you have to take advantage of your opportunities because nothing is guaranteed. And, you know, I certainly hope that they'll be back next year, but there's no guarantee. So when you're there, you got to cash it in. And uh, got to cash it in. You got to cash it in. Yeah, they didn't do I it. I think Ryan Day, he, like, he wants a national championship so bad, man. That guy's guy, I, I believe in that guy. We're going to fucking do it, dude. And the next, like, if it's not next year, it's going to be the next couple of years. We will win the national championship. I, I feel good about our chances. I do. I'm not panicked about it. I don't feel like, hey, that was our one opportunity. Who knows when we'll be back. I feel like, I feel like we'll be, you know, we're, we're in good hands. I, I'm, I'm confident that we'll get more swings. Um, and, you know, in these coming years. If, and, and again, as you say, Chad, if not this year, then maybe, you know, the years after that. So we'll see. Guys, anything else you wanted to mention before we uh, we shut it down? Tim, anything from you? <laughs> oh, sorry, I guess he made it on. Oh, he's not on? Oh, uh, Mr. Right. Gallagher, yeah. He, uh, he said he was going to join us. I don't know what happened, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, thanks so much for making the time, guys. We'll connect in a few weeks, all right? Have a great Sunday.